little dimmy there. <laughs> kind of like Bayou Water, right? Yeah, there you go. Uh, greetings, salutations, and so forth and so on. This is YNB Collins. I'm joined with... Brother Wolf here. And I'm joined with... Rev Ross here. And uh, we're here to talk about how perceptions of your actions can truly change what people think for, think of you and what they will do for you or against you. Uh, credit out to Flimlo Raps, a YouTube channel I watch. I love watching this young brother. Uh, he tears it up usually, but I will be honest, I gave his video a thumbs down. Uh, intern should have it in the show notes, so that way we can have it. But we are talking about the Saints' final game of the 2023 season in which they went against coach's orders and did something. But let's line it up first. Uh, Jameis Winston is the current backup quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. Right. He's been with the Saints now for what? This is his third season? Second, third season. Yeah, he's been there for uh, a while. Um, he uh, he took over immediately after Drew. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, was previously, before he got with the Saints, <clears throat> he was with Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did bring them to the playoffs a few times. Uh, it's questionable whether or not they got to the playoffs because of him or in spite of him. Um, during those times in which he was over there in Tampa Bay, he did have 5,000-plus yard uh, passing seasons. Now, mind you, we have to temper that with his TD interception rate. Right. His He, he has always had a tendency to have perhaps even an equal amount of touchdowns to interceptions. Which is no bueno, as the kids will say, right? Right. Um, but this brings me to one key point that I always remember. I was busy and I couldn't watch the game. But, uh, Brother Wolf, you called me and you specifically said, well, do, 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 you were right. And I'm like, wait, what? What's going on? Jameis apparently tried to audible away from Sean Payton's play, uh, play calling. And Peyton's on the sideline losing his mind. Jameis throws the ball. Ball gets picked off. Jameis comes back to the sideline looking dejected. And Sean Peyton's giving him the motherfucker, what did I just tell you, look clean to his face. Right. And th- this was uh, two years ago, I think. Two, three, years, something like that. Yeah. yeah, I think it might have been two years ago. Because Peyton only was without Drew for one year. Yeah. And so, yeah, so it was just that. During that year, first year that Jameis was actually the starter, yeah, or that Drew was gone, and you could see the frustration in Sean Payton's face, and you could see the oh gee, I wish I would have listened in Jameis Winston's face. So now we, uh, he's the he was the quarterback, but he got demoted to backup. We had Andy Dalton, we had Taysom. It's just one of those the New Orleans Saints have not found the quarterback answer yet. They haven't quite gotten that page. Yeah. You know. And uh, it's now week 18, the final week of the NFL season. The Saints are spanking the Atlanta Falcons. And it's yeah, and keep in mind that this at this point we already uh we we have doubts that even if they do win this game, it is a high percentage possibility that they still won't make the playoffs, even at that point, because two teams have to lose that have really good records against two bad teams. Yeah, you know? it was one of those. We needed so much to go in our way for the Saints to get to the next level. It was likely to not happen. Right. 
And so we've now got to deal with the fact that um, we've got contract negotiations coming up. We've got to figure out who we want, who we don't want, uh, what's the direction we want to go in, why we want to go in this direction, justifying it, all this kind of stuff, right? And what ends up happening is against our division rivals, the Atlanta Falcons, we decide, not we, rephrase, Dennis Allen calls victory formation, kneel down. It's in goal line. It's under the it's under the five, as a matter of fact. Right. But what ends up happening is apparently the team makes a decision to allow one of our players to go for a rushing touchdown because he hadn't had one all year. And he's like, man, let's do this for the homie. Let's get him in. Let's go ahead and get him a touchdown. And they go to not kneel the ball but get a touchdown Atlanta's pissed because they're like, dude, the game was over. And you were in the, the kneel-down uh, Victory play. formation. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you were in the kneel-down formation. And what ends up happening is everybody loses their stuff about it. And this is kind of our take and our response to Flimler Raps. So uh, the two most vocal proponents for Jameis Winston having to face the Piper for his actions would be Shannon Sharp and Warren Sapp. Hall of Flame, Hall of Fame players, uh, big personalities, and I have to say I agree with them that this action gets you cut from the team. What say you, Brother Wolf? Well, I looking at those personalities, these are two old school football people, would you agree? These are two people that, you know, they are, as the saying would go, um, they they haven't played for a while, but even when they were playing, they were traditionalists in the game. Is is that something you would say? Uh no. No? No. Uh two reasons. Number one, remember the have the hit Warren Sapp put on that Green Bay Packer that put him in the hospital? Yes, but do keep in mind that's how they played football back then. Don't sugarcoat it, don't cover your head, don't pretend. That is how they played football back then. And Yeah. Uh as a Chiefs fan, having to go against Shannon multiple times was not fun. And I found out that Shannon was one of the best trash talkers in the league. Oh, yeah. He'll hurt your feelings. Yeah. Uh, you say that, but do you know how funny it is to be on the line, lined up, and he's slowly but surely spouting off your girlfriend's number pre-internet? <laughs> That's some more bullshit. <laughs> Yeah, yeah that, that's okay, though. But once again, like I said, I think that's uh, old-school traditional football. I really do. But the, the the point that I'm trying to make is do consider that that is part of where they come from with this uh, thought process of the fact that, you know, in their mind, they, they, they aren't people of, like, let's say the Chad Ochocinco's or something like that, the new age, uh, you know, the new age people that are more for individual teams and stuff like that. I would say the entertainment value gets upped. Right, right. Okay. And I think that has something to do with it and their thoughts on the situation. Now, I do think... Uh, I, 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 I agreed with you at the very beginning, but after listening to um, the gentleman's video, I do have to say that part of me realizes that uh it it may be a situation whereas it's not really um 
I, I could understand why Jameis made the call that he did I, I, in, in, in a way. It's because I think that Jameis <clears throat> may think that he's on his way out too. Okay. Um, but you are in a public forum. So I'm going to say a few things and then throw it over to Rev to make sure he gets some words in. But the point I'm getting at is this, is that if you know you're already on the way out, why would you do something to mar your the people's perception of you? So now people will go ahead and treat you that much more poorly or differently or et cetera, whatever the case may be. Does that make sense? I think it was more of a situation of this is a long, um, this is a Hail Mary play. And since we're talking football, he said there will be certain people out there in the world that will like what he did. Mm-hmm. And there will be others that won't. And he's betting on the fact that maybe because I did this, maybe somebody that likes what I did will change their opinion and be like, hey, we could use this guy to help, you know, uh, 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 the players will know that he's looking out for them. You know, even if he's a quarterback, I I, I know you you you're shaking your head and you you you're doing like that a little bit, but in my mind, I think Jameis actually was uh was was thinking a little bit when he when he made that decision, a little bit more than what people give him credit for. Before I say something, Rev Ross, I, I want to hear from you. What say you? So it seems like the the gist of the argument is whether or not. Jameis has matured from the last time he tried to take matters into his own hand. That is a fair way to put it. You know? I'd agree with that. Um, and just by citing the two incidents and the fact that the touchdown was a rushing touchdown and not a not a passing touchdown. I gotta say he's matured, but maybe not in the right direction. Who? <laughs> like he's definitely more of a. The people in the office don't care about me. They're gonna make the decision no matter what. And the people I play with are the people I make my decisions for. And so, just by going by what y'all were talking about, if it, it feels like James made a decision based on appeasing the people around him, which is the people in the foxhole with him, basically. And, instead of his command. And that's part of the, the, the concern I definitely wanted to address. What do you do? Do you go ahead and appease your coworkers or do you appease management? Because that's what it amounts to. Right. And unfortunately, at the end of the day, your coworkers normally don't pay your bills. Management does. And that's the key point that I think everybody's forgetting. Uh, Give you an example. Culinary school. You go to culinary school to learn how to make these beautiful sauces, and you learn how to go ahead and work on your knife skills and all this kind of stuff. And when you finally go to a kitchen, you know what they tell you to do? Chop the onions this way and this way alone. They don't care about what they want you to follow directions. What did Jameis do? Didn't follow directions. There it is right there. There it is right there. So regardless of whether you think he has upside because he's a f- capable 5,000-yard passer, 
or you think because he uh, didn't follow coach's orders, you got to realize who pays your, 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 your bills, where your checkbook comes from. Now, let's put a few other things into perspective. Uh, number one, it was the end of the game. It was a win for the for the Saints, no matter what. Forty-one um, seventeen was the score. Yeah, it was it was a thirty-point blowout. It was yeah. one of those. It was a, it was a shellacking. Uh, other times, this has happened in the past as well, with not as much catchback. But one, I'm not a fan of it because at the end of the game, if we're doing victory formation, we're trying to just hurry up and go home safe. Mm-hmm. We're trying to make it so that way. We're calling it a wrap. We're done. End of the game. Uh, let's not have a 300-pound man fall on your ankle. And and it's yeah, truth be told, um, it, for your against your opponent, it's bad sportsmanship. Uh, one thing that they did say in the video was, well, the the, the Falcons are going to hate the Saints regardless. But against your opponent, it is bad sportsmanship, definitely. Yeah. Um. So the fact that somebody could get injured, you were in victory formation, which is the ceasefire truce, you know, no more hostilities, and you did it regardless. You did it against the coach's wishes, but the team, and here's the point that's a very questionable source. Is the team just offense or is the team defense and offense? Did everybody say, let's get this man a touchdown, or just the people on the field say it? Because now you're speaking for me. That's a concern that I have as well. And this is one of those where I'm like, don't let the peer pressure gas you up. Don't do something that is obviously counterintuitive. But uh, there was a lot of backlash, and some people's first thought to the incident was somebody's commenting on the incident, not the fact that he did it. And that was one of Flimlow's really good arguments. It's like, you're getting... You're getting the bias before you can even know what the argument is. Right. So, any uh, any thoughts before, Rev? Well, we're still piecing together moving forward. You agree? Well, I'm still diagnosing evidence right now. Okay. And it's um, it's it's taking something's taking shape, but it's the jury's still out. Okay. Now, let's go ahead and put all this together. Um, We have to consider three things in regards to a player. We've got to consider, uh, and this was Brother Wolf's word, so I've got to give him credit when using it, your cohesion. How well do you adapt in this culture, this locker room? How good is Jameis Winston in doing that? I'd say how how much can you get the other players around you to play for you? Um, yeah. It, 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 do you get them to go to the upper level for you? You know the upper room, All right? Uh, so that's number one. Number two, uh, cap space. That's the big problem with this. Regardless, mm-hmm. that that is the big problem. And the last one is this performance. Um, the one thing that I believe that Flimlo truly did not address for so. One th- back up a second. Flimlo Raps talked about the fact that even though the Saints offense pushed for another uh, touchdown in victory formation, that's one thing that they did do. But also, Dennis Allen's not the answer. 
uh, in myself as part of the Who That Nation, I don't want Dennis Allen as our coach. I said this a while back. I said this before we signed Derek Carr. I am not a fan of Derek Carr as our quarterback. I'm not a fan of Dennis Allen as our head coach. I, I've heard people, you know, all around the job say this. They're like, they are turning the Saints into Raiders 2.0. That's what they cannot stand. I, look, if, if, if the Raiders were the winning Raiders of the John Madden era, we wouldn't have a problem. But we already have a losing era. We don't need to go ahead and put spice on our loss. <laughs> Dumbest shit I heard. Um, so, considering the fact that Jameis, we have to go ahead and deal with a huge cap space issue. The fact is, he only had a two-year contract anyway. His performance is, in my opinion, lackluster at best. And his cohesion, well, you got the guys to go against the coach. Apparently, the, the team on the field voted to do something the coach didn't ask for. At the end of the day, I was going to cut Jameis Winston. But if he was willing to work a contract so that way we don't have a cap space problem or whatnot, I wouldn't mind having him on staff as a backup. But now, since you did that dumb shit, this means you don't know how to act. You can't follow directions. You won't enact the plan that I have. You don't need to be here. Good day. Get your shit out my fucking locker room. And one of the things that Flimlo brought around was that Jameis is, generally speaking, a happy-go-lucky guy. And, you know, does that make him an easier target? Maybe it does. But if he wouldn't have did this, would he have been a target in the first place? No. No. Right. So my concern is, the man's stats are lackluster. He's not lived up to his p- potential at all. Every time he's tried to be coached, no positivity happened. So were you going to keep him anyway? I mean, I really, I, I don't think as far as the, the Saints uh, front office is concerned, I don't think that this incident made a difference. I really don't. I, I think that they had already made up their decision on what they were going to do. And I think that as far as they were like, they they were probably looking at that moment and was like, ha, cute. That's it. Here's the funny part. I understand what you're saying. But like I said, now that he's on the open, let, let's say he is definitively cut. And let's say he's on the open market. You've now got that hanging over your head. You think that's not going to come up in job interviews? Like, let's be really blunt. You go to a job interview, and you got to deal with that little section that says, have you been arrested or have a felony on your record? You know anybody who has to answer that question in the affirmative? Right. And you know what it does to them? Fucks their chances. All because we did it for one of the guys. Where are these guys when it's time to go ahead and pay your goddamn light bill? That's the point I'm getting at. As far as I'm concerned, the only reason I keep Jameis Winston around now is for two reasons. Number one, he's easy and convenient, not preferred. He decides to restructure, I can deal with that. And number two, and this is me being petty, (laughs) 
we go ahead and keep Jameis Winston and start him against Atlanta, and whatever happens, happens. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, it's funny because um, if you give Atlanta maybe a target, maybe they won't take it out on the entire Saints team. (laughs) (laughs) You get the point I'm making. (laughs) And, like, first off, also, I want to put this on the record. Atlanta, I don't know what's wrong with y'all ownership. Y'all need to do something. Yeah, really. Hire me. (laughs) I will get y'all two playoff wins in five years which is better than y'all have had in a long time. <laughs> One of the most one-sided relationships in this world is being an Atlanta Falcons fan. <laughs> I can guarantee I you. I have seen so many videos of their fans burning jerseys <laughs> continually. <laughs> I guarantee you. You hire me as your head coach with GM uh, uh, privilege. I guarantee you in five years you'll get three winning seasons and two playoff wins. I guarantee that. And like I said, I I really don't like talking that bad about Atlanta because hey, the y'all 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 showed up and y'all voted, so that that that's my, my not to whole mention y'all in. family. Like I said, with, with Katrina, y'all open arms, love y'all. This is a friendly friendly fun rivalry, but this is one of those I don't know who keeps going ahead and giving y'all the the, the poor business. Right. I'm so sorry for y'all with that. Like Jesus, but. Let me put it to you this way. And this is where the rubber meets the road. You are. <clears throat> you're the GM owner of a football team. You have a choice between two final quarterbacks. You have a choice between Jameis Winston and Dakota Prescott. <coughs> Who do you pick? I, I, I picked a trade whoever and <laughs> get a rookie in. Why is Rev Ross laughing so much? So that's not the parameters of what I gave you, sir. Who are you choosing between Jameis Winston and Dakota Prescott? I told you I am trading whichever one and I am getting a rookie. <laughs> and nobody wants that bullshit. <laughs> So Rev, if you if you are uh, Mickey Loomis, what decision do you make on Jameis? And for, for those who don't know, Mickey Loomis is the GM for the New Orleans Saints. I mean, you cut Jameis, obviously. You cut him. Um, you, you don't try to get him to renegotiate his contract or anything like that, or even to get a, a public apology. I'll tell you like this: you, you're doing you're doing one of two things. You're cutting Jameis, and you're cutting um, uh, the coach, Dennis Allen. And to me, you could come down. To me, the the, the answer is cut both of them. That that must yeah, be painful. Obvious things. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but, no, no, no. I'm not saying that's off the table. <laughs> okay. Okay. It it's if you if you see there's some redeeming something in either one of them, then you negotiate as best you can. But neither one of them. showed like exemplary qualities. Mike. Like, then you don't have no, you have no control over your team. At yeah. all. And uh, not not only you have no control over it, they're willing to be vocal about it afterwards. You know? So they're vocally being like, well, I don't care what you did. 
I so, understand that point, and I have to say this one key point as well. Uh, if, yeah, if, you're, if you're willing to do that, then what's the next step? It's the broken window theory. Uh, the level of respect is gone. But the concern I have is simple, is that we already tried to date. It didn't work out. Who goes back on Tinder to go out with the same person you unmatched with? Like, it don't work. Good life. I will say hi to you in the streets, but as a business, we're done. That's the end of yeah. the story. So maybe James could be a coach. Maybe Dennis Allen could be coordinator and coordinator alone. But if I had to go ahead and choose, Dennis Allen is cut from the team. Jameis Winston is cut from the team. Clear out your office. Clear out your locker. I wish you well. Here's some jambalaya on the road. We're done. And like I said, the concern I have for Jameis is the, the fact that he was vocal about it and just said we did what we did and we thought it was the best at the time. The more you talk, the more you dig a hole for yourself. You got to realize you're in the public eye and it's not doing you any favors. Yeah. So I guess on that, no brothers is closing time? <laughs> With more explosions. <laughs> <laughs> so before we close out, Rev Ross, you have chosen the side of me, the correct side as usual, to cut Jameis, but you're the forgiving one, typically. You... I'm trying to find an argument for the other side because I just don't want to dismiss. You know what I mean? So the, the the big issue that I have with this, right? In any organization, you have to like adhere to the rules of the organization. You the agree to this when you join the organization. You know what I mean? Like this is part of being part of this group. You know what I mean? Like there are there there are rules you have to live by. We agree to do this because society works that way. If everyone just does what they want. To hell with the rules. That starts to break down in society. So, if everyone's fucking special, some then no one's special. Yeah. So okay, you know, and that doesn't matter how much of a good person or happy, go lucky person Jamie is. Or, I mean, it really, honestly, it really doesn't come down to how good or bad a coach. Dennis, uh, I don't remember the name of it. Allen. Um, but what does come down to, and something that New Orleans Saints has never really had a problem with it, is the discipline of the organization. We would lose, but we lose together as a family. You know, mm. we follow our coach. Even when I coach those crazy things, like put our star running back in the wedding dress. But but here's the thing, like he said, when when situations like that happen, we still stood behind those decisions, and it, yeah. it, uh, I I didn't. That's one of those fuck my dicker. <laughs> the point is, <laughs> well, is nobody on the saying, team saying fuck my dicker. Didn't comment about it as fans. What I'm saying is the organization yes. was like, 
we believe in the the process. The, the process, like we believe in his coach, we believe in his person. I mean, even even when Aaron Brooks was smiling away all his interceptions, Ooh. we believe in our quarterback. You stop talking about Aaron Brooks. Until he was no more. <laughs> well, you mean correctly? Saying, <laughs> I've been a, I've been a, been a Saints fan for a while. So, I mean, hell, when Moore was up there going, playoffs, <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh. Like, no one was like, hey, let's, let's, let's try some more. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, everything was like, all right, fine. We got problems. We might need to get rid of more. We might need to get rid of the person. But until we make that decision, the coach on the field makes the decision. The players follow the coach. If the players have a suggestion or something, or they talk, they work with the coach to make it work. You know, you you develop a repertoire, like not a repertoire, like a relationship, a trust between coach and quarterback, a rapport, like Drew and Peyton had. A rapport, and then you can, then when like if if Drew was like I'm an audible into this, Peyton would be like, ah, wait, hold on, what you see, Drew? You know he won't, he won't be yelling, do what I told you to do. You know, but that's establishing some trust. There's no trust here. There's no respect. They need to, they need to start over. So that's why one and or both of them have to go. And this is proof we shouldn't have got rid of Teddy Bridgewater. Hey, I've been saying that from the beginning. Hey, my cousin worked, worked hard for the, for the people. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so with that said, do you have anything else to add, Rev? Um, no. I mean, I, I love my team. I, I wish them the best. It's always next year. I just. <laughs> I mean, know, is that going to happen for the guys. Bills? Oh, no, the Bills win. They they finally gonna be a bride. Now the bridesmaid this year. <laughs> More explosions. <laughs> but with that said, um, and I, I mean this from the bottom of my heart, Mr. Winston, I wish you success, but you gotta realize how your actions are gonna be perceived by others, especially those who are in the driver's seat. So May you get the success you need. You might have to go ahead and eat a shit sandwich for a little while, but go ahead, lick your wounds, come back stronger, brother. But with that said, this is YNB Collins joined with Brother Wolf. And I am joined with Rev Ross. Um, be aware of what you do because more than one person is probably looking at it, baby. We are in the public world. Thank you for listening to the Benchmark Podcast, a product of Benchmark Media, LLC. We would like to remind our listeners that the views and opinions expressed in this review are strictly the views and opinions of each individual and does not reflect the stance of Benchmark Media. Any opinion stated is not to be construed as professional advice or help. Our intro and outro music is Acid Trumpet by Kevin McLeod, licensed under the Creative Commons, Remember to contact us at the Real Benchmark Podcast at gmail.com or our website, www.therealbenchmarkpodcast.com.
You can follow us on social media, on Facebook or Instagram. And if you'd like to be a friend of the show, you can donate to us via our PayPal and buy columns a drink.